Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. We've got an extremely serious subject to talk to you about tonight. You know, we've, we've covered lately things like finances and helps and, you know, just different stuff. What was it last week? Oh, believers or receivers. Yeah, we, we've had some, you know, pretty intense things going on. But tonight, I'm telling you what, this is a really, really serious subject we have to talk about. And uh, what we're talking about is called laughter. <laughs> and it's a lot more serious than you think. Because it is a subject that you need to hear a little bit more about because it impacts your life in a serious way. You know, there are people who go, well, that's just not me. Yes, it is you. If you're born again, you have a new creature nature on the inside of you. And that new nature on the inside of you is filled with the life of God. And his word says that the fruit of the recreated human spirit is love, joy, peace. Now, let me tell you, the way you express joy many times is by laughing. And if the joy of the Lord is your strength, then you're going to have to learn how to laugh. Because if you don't, it's going to cost you something. And sometimes that cost is really high. That's why I'm saying it's a serious subject. It's a very serious subject. Thank God it's a fun subject, but it's a serious subject. You know, it's, it's, um, laughter is an attitude first and foremost. It's an attitude. And attitudes are formed by convictions. Well, for the believer, that means that we have developed a strong conviction about who God is, about who we are, about who we belong to, what belongs to us, what we can do, and where we're headed. Highly, there's no doubt. There's nothing left to chance. We're not coming around with a case sirrah sirrah attitude. It's amazing how many Christians actually have that in, in mind. I mean, oh, well, well, that's what God intended. Well, I guess it was meant to be. No, if it doesn't line up with the word of God, it was not meant to be. You, if you get a case sirrah sirrah attitude, the devil will shove you around, push you around, convince you of something that's a lie, make you settle for something less than the best God has intended for you to have. There ain't no case sirrah sirrah about it. It is what does the word say? Who is my father? What has he done for me? What has he given me? Who is Jesus anyway? What has he accomplished? What he's accomplished, I've accomplished. What he's done, I've done. Hallelujah. Laughter is joy that flows. It's joy that flows. It comes out of you. That's how it comes out is by laughter. Amen. John 15, 11 says, These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. John 16, 22 says, Your joy no man takes from you. Your joy no man takes. If you don't have any joy, it's because you set it down. Because it's already there. For you to ignore it, for you not to walk in it, means you took it and you laid it down somewhere. And some people have laid it down for so long they don't even know where it is anymore. I mean, for, for, for me, I mean, there are times I let go, go through the house and, you know, and I'm doing something and I'm busy and, and I lay something down and later I'm going, where did I put? I was trying to hang a picture yesterday and I had, knew I had what I needed and I went to do something and I came back and I went, what did I do with I searched that house for 10 minutes. I'm going, okay, now I know I only went in these rooms. I know I only went here. And I went back and forth, back and forth. And sure enough, about the fourth trip back to the first place I started, there they were sitting right there on the shelf. I'm going, really? <laughs> really? That's the way some believers are. They put it down and went off somewhere and did all kinds of other things, got distracted by life. And now they, can't, they don't have a clue where to find it anymore. Well, it's really right there in the Word, and it's right here. You got, all you got to do is just look right in here. This is where it's at. 
This is where it comes from. This is, this is where it all bubbles out of. You know, if you'll let it, it, it will. So don't forget where you put the thing. Besides, you know, if the devil could take it, he'd have taken it. And, and he can't take it only if you surrender it to him. This joy that I have, that's a song we used to sing, this joy that I have, the world didn't give it and the world can't take it away. Hallelujah. John 16, 24 says, Hitherto you've asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you shall receive that your joy may be full. Well, Pastor Angela, you're just talking about joy. You're not talking about laughing. I'm talking about joy. Joy and laughter go together. If you're going to be full of joy, there's going to be a laugh coming out of you. There's going to be a smile on your face when it's inappropriate maybe to laugh. Maybe this isn't the time for it, actually the sound of laughter. But there's still going to be a smile on your face. And there's going to be a laughter when you can't. There's going to be a laughter coming out of your mouth. Hallelujah. Psalm 5, 11 says, Let all those that put their trust in thee rejoice. Let them ever shout for joy because you defend them. Let them also that love thy name be joyful in thee. Man, I'm telling you what. Because you defend them, let them also love thy name. <laughs> Psalm 63 verse 5 says, my, pray, my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. Joy is not silent. It's not silent. Psalm 63 verse 7 says, Therefore in the shadow of your wings will I rejoice. Hallelujah. Makes me think of that verse over there that says, That he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide uh, shall abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I'm telling you what. But you know what? There's, there's something that happens when you choose not to rejoice. And you find this over in Deuteronomy 28. And he's talking to the children of Israel. And he says, Because you did not serve the Lord your God with joyfulness and with gladness of heart, for the abundance of all things, therefore you shall serve your enemies. You'll be at his disposal. You'll be at his mercy. You'll serve him because you didn't recognize the abundance of things that were already belonging to you. You know, listen, God has given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. And sometimes we do not take into account how abundant that is. How great a gift he's given us. How much he's blessed us with. We don't, we don't think about those kind of things. But he says, if we don't serve the Lord with joyfulness and gladness of heart for the abundance of all things, then you will serve your enemy. Listen, if the enemy can keep you silent, he can steal from you. If the devil can, can take your joy, he can keep your goods. There was a, somebody who wrote a book. If the devil can, what, how was that, how'd that go, hon? If the devil can steal your joy... If he can't steal your joy, he can't keep your goods. Listen, you got you got to be ready to laugh when the enemy is coming at you. You got to be ready just to put it down and go, mm, no, you know, and just laugh at him. We've already said, you know, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace. Philippians four four says, rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say, rejoice. Never hurts to be reminded more than once. Never hurts to be told over and over again, okay, rejoice now. Rejoice. Again, I say rejoice. Laugh. Laugh. Have a good time. I don't care if it doesn't look like a good time. Doesn't care if it doesn't feel like a good time. Laugh anyway. That's the whole point. So, number one, we need to laugh with God. Psalm 2.4 says, He that sits, the NIV says, is enthroned in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. The NIV again right there says he scoffs at them. Listen, God never intended for us to be so serious that we have long faces all the time. Because the gospel is the good news. It's not the bad news. It's not even the so-so news. It's not the okay news. It's like the, oh, that's pretty good news. It is the, the good news. And he never intends for us to have a long face in this life. 
You know, I, I was raised in, in an environment where, where, you know, everything was going to be better in the sweet by and by. Just over in the glory land. One glad morning. When this life is o'er. Just a few more weary days. That was the attitude, you know, that was pervasive. Everybody's just kind of trudging through life, just barely getting by and just beset on every side with problems and issues and, and disaster and tragedy and chaos. No, God intends for us to live a joyful, happy life here because what he's given us applies to us here. Do we need faith when we get to heaven? Are we going to have to quote the scripture when we get to heaven? Are we going to have to make a stand when we get to heaven? No. That's what we need to do here. That's why laughter is so important while we're here. Here. It's to be used here. We need to stop looking at life as some weary, drudgery kind of thing that we just have to, we're just going to have to make it through, Lord. Just help me make it through. Just help me make it through. It's laughable. It really is. When you stop and you think about all that Jesus has done for us and the authority he's given us, the power that he's given us, the promises he's given us, how could we not help but laugh? At every time, every circumstance. Hallelujah. Listen, Jesus himself was announced by a host of angels singing joy to the world. Joy. Joy to the world. That means there was, there's a time now we have ushered in an era with the birth of the Savior, an era of joy and laughter has been ushered into this world. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Psalm 16 verse 11 says, In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. In your presence. See, the problem a lot of times with with people who don't seem to have any joy and don't know how to laugh about circumstances is they don't stay in his presence long enough. They don't get in God's presence and see what God's got to say about it. They don't hear God laughing at all this nonsense. See, God doesn't laugh at people. He laughs at their stupidity. He laughs at, he laughs at their folly. He laughs at the, at the ridiculousness of, of the things that, that people think sometimes. Let me tell you, there, there's, there's, there's a place for us in, in the realm of the Spirit. There is, it says right here, at your right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Well, when you start talking about right hand, where does your mind go? Mine went to Ephesians 1.20, where it says, it was talking about Jesus. We were talking about how God raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. And from there I go to Ephesians 2.6, where it says, he raised us up together and has made us to sit in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. So at his right hand... There are pleasures forevermore. Woo! In your presence is fullness of joy, and at your right hand there are pleasures forevermore. At the right hand of the Father is where Jesus is sitting, and I'm sitting right there with him. I am sitting right there with him. You know, I've I've told you this before, and we've made this illustration before. You're not just seated alongside Jesus. It's not like, you know, you're kind of down the row from him. There's only one seat. There's only one seat. And so when you're seated with him, you're seated with him. Just, yeah, this is, this is a good view, good seat. Best seat in the house. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. I'm seated right here. Getting too heavy for you, hon. <laughs> but you're seated with him at the right hand of the Father, the place where there are pleasures forevermore. A place where you can laugh. Hallelujah. You know, you, you think, well, you know, I don't, I don't really, I don't want to laugh. I don't, I don't want to do that. Fine, be miserable. Ecclesiastes says that there's a time to laugh. In fact, let's just go look at that real quick. 
Ecclesiastes. You know where to find that now, don't you? It's right after Proverbs. Ecclesiastes 3. Well, let's just start in verse 1. To everything there's a season and a time to every purpose under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. And here's where we are. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. I tell you what, that does not mean in life that you need to find a time to weep. It doesn't mean that you need to find a time to mourn. Listen, the time to weep and the time to mourn was before you knew Jesus as your Lord and Savior. But now that he lives on the inside of you, it is time to laugh. It is time to dance. And at any point during this tonight, you want to do either one of those, you are welcome. Well, boy, that got a real big amen. All right. Psalms uh, 30 verse 5 talks about uh, uh, morning may endure for a night. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning again. That's the difference. That's the night and day difference of life before Christ and life in Christ. Mm -mm -mm -mm. We laugh because we're redeemed. We laugh because God has redeemed us. We can laugh with God over the fact that he has redeemed this person right here. I am the redeemed of the Lord. There was a price paid and a price that was given to redeem me back out of a land of darkness, out of a land of death, brought into a kingdom of light. Oh, hallelujah. I can laugh because of my faith in the finished work of the cross. I can laugh because I'm already a victor. I'm la I can laugh because I already wear a victor's crown. Romans 8, 37 says, I've been made more than a conqueror. Been more, more than a conqueror. Go with me to Zephaniah. Can you find Zephaniah? It's one of those small books over there toward the end of the Old Testament. Just before Haggai, if that helps you. Hallelujah. Zephaniah. Chapter 3, verse 17, it says, The Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. He will save, he will rejoice over thee with joy, he will rest in his love, he will joy over thee with singing. Well, if God is rejoicing over me, how about me just joining in with him? How about me just agreeing with him? How about me just saying, okay, God, you just love me so much, you're going to rejoice over me? Listen, that first word that says he will rejoice over thee with joy literally means to spin about or to dance. God is having a little dance party over you. You know, you might as well say, hey, let's, let's do the do -si do here. You know, get up and just dance with God over the fact that he rejoices over you. What a wonderful thing to think that he loves you so much. He's so happy about you. He's just thrilled about you. He's just enjoying you. He's going to enjoy seeing how you just go through life and how you master the things of this world and how you are an overcomer in this life and how you're just going to just, just go out there and just put the kingdom of God out everywhere you go, the love of God shed abroad all over. Because he's just rejoicing. He's so happy. Oh, my, just, you know, sometimes when you're happy, you just laugh. You just laugh. God's just laughing with you, laughing about you, laughing with you, laughing because he's so in love with you. I know how this little romance thing goes, you know, with, you know, with, with people. They just, they, just, they just look at each other, and they're just so in love that they just giggle. You know, I, th I just think sometimes God's just so in love with us, he just giggles. And we need to be so in love with him that we're ready to respond in the same way. Just laugh along with him. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Um, faith sees the promises as God states them, not as you see the progress or lack thereof. Faith sees them. When God has said it, you say it. And that's how it's going to be. That means Faith laughs with God. God has the final say. We actually know how the story ends. Turn over to Revelation if you don't know. And see how this story ends. 
you know what? We got lots to laugh about. We got lots to rejoice in. Then the next thing you need to do is laugh at the devil. Psalm 59.8 says, Yahweh, you laugh at them. This is the Jerusalem Bible. You laugh at them. You make fun of these pagans. Listen, I, I, I ran across this that somebody had written, and I just thought, well, there's no point in me just trying to restate it. Let me just read it. And it says, yes, God laughs at the enemy so we can laugh at him. Perhaps one of the most effective weapons of faith in our arsenal is the ability to laugh at Satan. We have cringed before him. He has terrorized us, driven us to the great depth of fear, tantalized and taunted us. He's made us question our faith, our Bible, our walk with God, and all of the time he was only a roaring lion with all of his teeth pulled. We have permitted him to defeat us in prayer, defeat us in our home, cause lasting splits in the church, drive us from ministry, and made us worry ourselves into sickness. And all the time he was a vanquished, defeated foe. We have permitted him to challenge us to try and cast him out. There is no greater evidence of our faith expressed before Satan than to laugh in his face. He can tolerate your promises, dodge your rebukes, leave for a season and return later, but he can't stand your laughter. He can sit by and listen to your prayers of unbelief. He can endure your threats because you don't carry them out. But when you laugh at him, this is something new. He's not used to this. What is this laughter, laughter coming from the children of God? Where did they learn this? In 6,000 years, he has heard this so seldom that he stops and listens. For those who dare to laugh at him must certainly know what they were doing or they wouldn't dare laugh at him. Why can't they know who I am? I cause nations to tremble. I cause armies to slaughter each other. I cause a man to take up a gun and murder his own wife and children. Who dares laugh at me? I challenge angels on their way to deliver a message. I go before the courts of heaven and disrupt proceedings. Who dares to laugh at me? Only those who know they are redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ, God's only begotten Son. Those who know their names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Those who not only know the power of the Scriptures, but can ably quote them in any given situation or emergency. Only those who have the power of the Holy Spirit in their lives and know that this homewrecker, murderer of the innocent, and liar of all eternity is nothing but a defeated foe who can only roar in the distance as those at these redeemed children of God. I'm telling you what, laughter, laughing at the devil intimidates him to no end. Because he's the very person you need to be laughing at. And if there's one thing the enemy's got is a problem with pride. That's what caused him to fall from heaven to start with. And his pride can't handle being laughed at. So you know what? We just need to add insult to injury and just laugh him right out of every situation that he shows his ugly head in. Just laugh, laugh. You know, we get so serious with the devil sometimes. You know, people who take on this attitude or, or this, I, mean, I know there's been a lot of, of uh, teaching over the years about warring with the devil. You haven't got to war with the devil. He's defeated, folks. You need to just laugh at him. That's what he needs. He just needs somebody to laugh at him. You know, when you laugh at somebody, they generally turn tail and run. You're making fun of them. They're not going to stay. They're going to walk off and they're going to leave. Well, you need to learn to laugh at the devil. You need to make sure he knows you're laughing at him. If that means you sitting down in your chair and just going, ha, 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 ha. When he's, when he's trying to tell you something that's not true, when he's trying to tell you something that's not valid, when he's trying to tell you something that goes totally against the, against the Scripture, when he's trying to tell you that it won't work, it won't work this time, you don't have the faith for this, you don't have what you need for that. You just go, ha, ha, ha. And you just keep on going until he takes his little bag of goodies and goes. That's what you do. You just need to laugh at him. Um, you know, it's amazing how many times, you know, over the, over the centuries that mankind has said, you know, that how religion is foolishness. 
that religion is only for weak-minded people. Wasn't it Stalin? I think it was Stalin who said that religion is the opiate of the masses. Who was it? Kafka? Okay, whoever that person was. Whoever it was. But I knew it was a, it was a, it's a well-known quote. Religion is the opiate of the masses. It's, a, it's just it's ridiculous. Religion might not be what it ought to be, but I'm telling you what, we're not talking about religion. We're talking about relationship. And anybody who has a real relationship with God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ cannot be dissuaded from following him. They cannot, they cannot, they cannot be convinced that it's just foolishness. I'm telling you what, the foolishness of men is what God laughs at. The foolishness to think that they're just so wonderful, to think that they're so self-sufficient. And see, you know, man can be so prideful sometimes to think that they can do it all on their own. And people get in trouble when, they, when you get to the place where you think, I can do this all on my own. Mm -mm, you cannot do it all on your own. The enemy would like to get you to a place where you think you can do it on your own, but you can't do it on your own. When we realize that we really are joint heirs with Jesus, the one who is the heir of all things, the one who's given us his, given us his name, given us his power, given us his, his authority, and we understand that the devil is a liar and the father of liars, then the whole thing is just absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. You know, it says over in Job 5, 22, in fact, is go back to Job. Let's take a look at a couple more verses, you know, besides just this one. But Job 5, 22. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's something I want to. <laughs> yeah. It says, at destruction and famine you shall laugh. Neither shall you be afraid of the beasts of the earth. For thou shalt be in a league with the stones of the, of the field, and the beasts of the field shall you be at peace. And you shall know that your tabernacle shall be in peace. And you shall visit thy habitation, and thou shalt not sin. Thou shalt know also that, that thy seed shall be great, and your offspring as the grass of the field. You shall come to your grave in a full age, like as a shock of corn cometh in his season. Lo, this, we have searched it, it's, it is so, hear it and know it, for you are good. You have to know these things. You know, I'm reminded of a, of a story I read uh, years ago about the foolishness of men. There was a man who came to God and, and he said, uh, I can make a man too. You're not the only person who can make man. And God says, oh, yeah, you want, you want to have a contest? And he said, yeah, we can have a contest. I can make man. You know, and in one sense, you know, scientifically speaking, you know, uh, you can, cloning is a possibility and, and all of that, you know, and we can, we can scientifically kind of look, okay, okay you, can take, you can take this and this and put it in a Petri dish and you could create life. Well, number one, you really can't because at some point the Spirit of God comes into play. But anyway... Here's the, the rest of the little story is, you know, so they, they get all set, they get ready, you know, and God's standing there, he's just kind of watching this idiot, you know, claiming he can make, he can make a man too. And uh, so you're about to get started and, and uh, you know, in the Bible it says that God took the dirt and he made man. And uh, this guy's going to go get his little pile of dirt. And he goes, oh, no, no, no. God looks at him and says, no, 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 you go get your own dirt. God's not going to let man get by with some of that nonsense. You know, and the devil tries to bring that kind of nonsense thinking into life. You just need to learn to laugh at him. And when it's ridiculous, tell him it's ridiculous to even think such a thing. You know, he has he lifted himself up in pride and he continues to do that to this day because he thinks he can. He needs to be told he cannot. And the best way we can do it is just laugh at him. Next, laugh with yourself. Habakkuk 3, 17 and 18 says, Although the fig shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vines, the labor of the olives shall fail, and the field shall yield no meat. 
The flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there shall be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. When everything looks bleak, when nothing seems to be working, when everything seems to be going wrong, yet, yet, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Don't let anybody come to you with a, well, God's trying to teach you something. No, God's not trying to teach you anything. Because we, don't, we know where all this kind of stuff comes from. It doesn't come from God. You know, you have, to, you have to continue to say what God says and rejoice in what he's already said. People won't know, talk, always understand what you're doing when you just chuckle. They won't always understand why you're laughing. I heard, I heard a story, and I know, I know this person personally when they, that told me this story. And so, and so I, I just relay it to you. You know, this is what they did. So everything, things were, more, multiple things were happening in their life. And they got a phone call from a doctor who gave them a bad report. And when they got this bad report, they laughed. The doctor was so offended, he dismissed them as a patient. <laughs> because they thought, he thought they were not taking this diagnosis seriously enough. Actually, when you want to stop and just boil it all down, the way you take it seriously is to laugh at it. Yeah. Laugh at it. You might choose not to do it to the doctor. He <laughs> might not understand. <laughs> this one did not understand that. Uh, uh, you know, there, listen, God never changes. Jesus never changes. So I should be of the, of the persuasion that I will never change as well. If God laughs, Jesus laughs, I laugh. It doesn't matter what the devil's talking about. It doesn't matter what he's saying. It doesn't matter what he's throwing your way. It doesn't matter what he, what he says is going to happen, what the end result is. You already know what the end result is because you've got the word to stand on. You just laugh in his face. Just laugh. You know, there are times when people can, will tell you about a, a situation that happened in their life, in their past, and they'll say, well, I can laugh about it now. The key would have been to have laughed about it then, not get down the road and laugh about it now. You know, there are times when, when I, I laugh at myself just because, you know, I was just so dumb. You know, you, you, co you go through a situation and, and you didn't do what you should have done. At the time, you just, I mean, you, you, your thought process was just not there. I mean, you just, you weren't even thinking God's way on something. And now you kind of go, that was just so stupid. Why did I do And so you laugh at yourself, you know, during all of that. Well, you know, all right, learn. Learn from it. Don't repeat it. Learn from it. Listen, it says in Hebrews 12, 2, that Jesus endured the cross for the joy that was set before him. The joy that was set before him. Hebrews 3, 6 says, But Christ as a son over his own house, whose house are we? If we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm to the end. The Phillips translation of that says, Our trust and joyful hope. Listen, if you lose your ability to laugh in the middle of a bad situation, or what looks like a bad situation, You've lost your grip on the promise. You've lost your grip on the promises that God has given to you. If you can't laugh, if you can't rejoice, if you can't find something to rejoice in there about, then you, you're just, you, you've, got to, you've got to just take another look at this thing and say, I've got to get back to that place. So many times I sell, tell the people, you know, when there's a situation going on, listen, you've got to find a place of peace and a place of joy. You have to find that place of joy because you won't make it if you don't. We can, we, can, we can talk ourselves sometimes into a false sense of peace. And I've heard people do that. You come up, you ask, okay, okay how's things going? And where you at? Well, it, it, it's, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. I know God's got it. It's going to be okay. 
and you know that there's not any depth there to back that up. They have, they have gotten themselves to a place where they're just in a mental ascent area. Listen, the kind of joy, the kind of laughter I'm talking about comes from down in here. It comes from, it comes from the inside. It's not just a you know, casual response, but it comes from a deep-seated knowing what is working on the inside of you, what the promises of God are that he's given to you, that there's a surety on the inside that God has come through time and time again, and he's, he's done it already for me. It's, it's in the process. It's in the works. I don't know. I don't care if I don't see it. I don't know how the plan's going to work. I don't know how he's going to do it. I don't know who, who he's going to use. I don't know what, what method he's going to bring all this to pass, but I know that I know, that I know, that I know that my Redeemer lives and I know that victory is mine and I'm just going to laugh about it. Just going to laugh about it. Hallelujah. Someone once said of somebody that said, about a friend that said, I can't take him seriously until he learns to take himself lightly. Don't you take on the responsibility of trying to figure something out. Let God do that. If you're releasing that to him, you can laugh. You know, there's always in the, in the back of my mind, you know, when I'm trying to do it on my own, in the back of my mind, I know this is probably not going to work out well. This is probably not going to bring the answer that I really am looking for. Let God do his thing. And when you're ready to let him do his thing, then you can laugh, 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 and laugh. But you and the enemy comes at you and says all this. Like I said, you, you, need to, you need to get yourself one of these signs. This is what you need. This is what you need. Yeah. Some of you need to take one of these home and post it somewhere. The devil said, what? And, and, and you know, this, this guy's not just going, huh. the devil said, what? No, he, it, this, is, this, is like, this is like belly laugh. This is like big old guffaws. You know, and there's a time for that. You know what? If you, can't, if you have never found yourself in a place where you laughed and laughed and laughed and laughed until you hurt, there's a spirit of laughter that can get on you. Your jaws will hurt. Your, your, your diaphragm will hurt. But I'm telling you what, when it's over, it feels so good. It feels so good. We're going to get to that here in a minute. Hallelujah. The whole man rejoices. For those people who say, well, that's just not me. Uh-uh, no, no, no. The whole man rejoices. Over in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 talks about man is a three-part being. I am a spirit. I possess a soul. And I live in a physical body. There are three parts of you. And so the joy of the Lord and laughter that comes with it really involves all three. And so, and so what you, you need to understand is that joy is already resident on the inside of you. In the spirit man, there's a joy already there. Now, when you decide that you're going to give expression to that joy that's already in, on the inside of you, it comes up here and you've made a decision with this mind right here, with this thing, with these emotions, I am going to rejoice, I'm going to laugh, I am going to chuckle, whatever, and it's going to come out physically as a laugh. There's a sound to be heard. There is a sound. And it's called laughter. Hallelujah. Um, the amplified version of John 15, 11, where it says, these things have I spoken to you that your joy might remain in you. That's remain in you, that's in your spirit, and that your joy, soul and emotions, might be full. It says here that your joy and gladness may be a full measure and complete and overflowing. Complete and over. Well, if it's going to overflow, how does it overflow? Somebody's going to be able to hear it. That's how it over. That's how you know it's overflowing. Is if somebody can hear it. 
Well, Pastor Angela, you make that sound like it's just so easy. It really is. It's a decision. It's a choice. It's a choice. If I understand that, what Nehemiah says, the joy of the Lord is my strength, then for me to tap into his strength, I have to release the joy. I have to give expression to the joy. I have to let that come out. Proverbs 17, 22 says, A merry heart does good like a medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. I went and I looked at several different translations. I got my 26 translations out. And there were several different words that says a broken spirit. Instead of a broken spirit, it says a downcast spirit, a smitten spirit, a stricken spirit, a crushed spirit, or a low spirit. Listen, if you're going to be downcast, low is where you are. It just is. But a merry heart does good like a medicine. So I went looking today, and I got online, and I found some things. And listen to all the benefits, just medical benefits. Medical benefits of laughter. It reduces blood pressure. It reduces anxiety. It's an immune booster. It's a natural antidepressant. You breathe better after laughing. It's good for the cardiovascular system. It reduces artery inflammation and raises good cholesterol. It calms stress hormones. It's a pain reliever because it releases endorphins. Hey, it burns calories. A 2014 study in the Internal or International Journal of Obesity says that the person who laughs a big hearty laughter can burn 10 calories in 10 minutes. Somebody, another study said that 10 to 15 minutes of laughter can equal 40 calories. They've never been in a Holy Ghost service is all I can say. I think we, I think we, can, we can burn more than any 40 calories. Actually, after some of the Holy Ghost services around here, I'm going, that equals a good gym workout. It really does. Hallelujah. Uh, it'll help you live longer. Mm-hmm. It relaxes the whole body. A good hearty laugh can leave muscles relaxed for up to 45 minutes. It fosters brain connectivity. It's referred to sometimes as inner jogging. It gives the face, the chest, the shoulders a good workout. It uh, is contagious. It increases resilience. So there's no need to get frustrated nor, or angry. You know, just understand that laughter will do good like a medicine. There's so much of, you, of the body that will respond when you respond to your spirit, man. And let the joy that's already in there just come on out. Hallelujah. Um, you know, faith, the person who's in faith, who really is in faith, will laugh. They will. If they're truly in faith, they, they will laugh. You know, in Genesis, you find that, that when, when, when Abraham was told he was going to be the father of many nations, he laughed so hard he fell on his face. And then you know the story where Sarah laughed as well. And you think, well, she was laughing because she thought it was ridiculous. No. In Hebrews, it said that, that her faith caused her to be able to conceive. So laughter is a good thing. The fact is, they understood laughter so well, they named their child Isaac. You know what Isaac means? It means laughter. It means laughter. You want a good victory? You get good at laughing. Get good at laughing. And then there's the fact that joy and laughter will always bring deliverance. You need to hear yourself laugh. You need to hear yourself laugh. It reinforces what's on the inside of you. You need to hear yourself laugh. Somebody else can't laugh for you. Nobody can laugh for you. You have to laugh for yourself. Psalm 126 says, 
there, then I was talking about the children when the, the captivity had been turned and all that. It says, then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Has God turned your captivity? Has he turned? In a general sense, yeah, when you got born again, he turned your captivity. But I'm telling you what, every time you take a stand of faith, and you won't let go. Having done all to stand, to stand. Part of that having done all to stand is laughing. Just laugh your, laugh your way. Laugh your way all the way to the bank. Laugh all the way to the doctor's office. Laugh all the way to whatever. You just laugh all the way. You need to hear yourself laugh. Can you imagine what Paul and Silas did when they were beaten and thrown in jail? You know, they had a choice. We all have a choice. Whether we're going to do what God's word says, laugh, or we're going to just kind of have a pity party and see who we can invite along. But here you got these two guys. They've been beaten and thrown in jail. Now, you know what? It's likely because uh, these people were not very easy with their beatings. It's possible that they were unconscious when they were thrown into prison. We don't know that for a fact, but it's possible. But let's just say that, that they were unconscious for a little while and they came to. Here's, here's, here's two scenarios. Silas, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Do you hurt as bad as I hurt? Yeah, I hurt pretty bad. You think they're going to kill us in the morning? I don't know. You know, it's possible. They probably kill us. I just don't. I don't know. Maybe we should never. Maybe we shouldn't have done. Maybe, maybe we should have just done this. Maybe we should have done that. Maybe. I, I, I just, you know, I can't believe we're in this kind of a place. I can't believe we're in this situation. I can't believe they beat us like they beat us. I hurt so bad. It hurts so bad. Oh, Lord, it hurts so bad. And we're in this dark place. And I think I hear rats. Something's crawling all over me. Oh, Paul, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Silence. I just don't know what we're going to do. That's how some Christians are. Then there's a different conversation. Silas, you there? Yes, sir, I'm here. He said, well, what are you thinking about now? And Paul says, well, you know what? I, I, I was thinking there at first that, that maybe we had died and, and just gone to heaven. And I was just so thrilled that we were going to get to see Jesus. Just so thrilled that we're going to get to stand before our Lord and Savior. But, you know, we're going to be here for a while. Looks like we got some more work to do. So I tell you what, Silas. Silas, you've got a pretty good voice. Why don't you, why don't you lead off with a song? Let's just, let's just sing and praise God and just laugh about this whole thing. There was a choice made. There was a choice made. And because they made a choice... So many people's lives were affected. They were laughing and rejoicing for their situation, but their laughing and rejoicing in their situation produced a harvest in the lives of other people. Sometimes you have to understand that just your laughing about your situation, your rejoicing about your situation will affect so many other people. So many other people will take a look at that and go, that's amazing. Look what God's done for you. If he's done that for you, he'll do that for me. Let me join you. Let me laugh with you. You need to find some good friends who'll laugh with you. They may not be in the same boat you're in right then, but if they're, if they're a good friend, they'll get in there and laugh with you. Say, hey, take me by the hand. Let's laugh. Let's just laugh. And honestly, there may be times when you just have to do it on your own by yourself. And if that's the case, then just get with it. I don't feel like laughing, Pastor Angela. Well, you need to do it anyway. I remember the time, you know, many times during, during all the cancer episode that Pastor had, he would make himself laugh. Make himself laugh. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, 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 ha. You can make yourself laugh. Ha, 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 ha. Tell you what, it won't be long if you really got your heart in it before you're going, ha, 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 
good laugh tonight. And we've got enough time for you to get one in. Hallelujah. Ha, 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 ha. Ha, 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 ha. Yeah, the devil said, well, uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. your body good. It does a body good. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, you can laugh your way home. You can laugh when you get by yourself. But I'm telling you, what, if you don't learn to laugh, you will struggle. You will struggle. There's no need for you to struggle. God doesn't want you to struggle. He wants you to embrace all that he's done and all that he's given you, all that belongs to you, and keep it all in perspective and the way you do it is to laugh. Amen. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.